Today on episode 108 of the Home of Play podcast, the rumor mill points to a really big Sony acquisition potentially being announced. E3 2022 has been completely cancelled, let that sit in for a moment, and we finally get the announcement on what the new PlayStation Plus subscription tier system is all about. All that and much more. Let's get that intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everyone. Welcome back to episode 108 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you enjoy at your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the lizard folk about the show, and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, it's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all the crazy playstation news we got this week uh usually i'd be a little more specific but you know we kind of got uh, a large net of playstation news so before we get to all that sweet news that i was discussing let's talk about what we've been doing this last week and uh as usual we'll start with chris ghostwire tokyo my friend uh i i, I made i made it sound like i played it a lot i actually haven't played that much this week uh, I'm now off for four days, so I'm looking forward to jumping into more stuff. But yeah, mostly Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, um, I've revealed the whole map, so all the uh, you know the posts that you have to do to reveal the map. In this case, there's uh, uh, gates you gotta clear and cleanse that uh, removes the fog from the world, which is kind of a neat take on it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the game. There's a couple of new creatures and game mechanics that have shown up, like your uh, your spirit guy that's inside you. Uh, there's monsters that can like rip him right out of you, and then you lose all your abilities, and you gotta like grab them back. And all you have is your bow, which is really neat and terrifying at the same time. Um, some hit had some more story bits, which has been good. Like I said, the map is now fully revealed, so I I think I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm going to progress too much in the main story or if I'm going to try to clear some just side quests because I haven't been doing too many side quests. I'm just having fun. Like you do a scan. It's like, oh, there's some spirits to rescue, you know, rescue the spirits and move on back and forth. So it's a lot of weird mechanics in the game, but I like it. Um, lots of interesting collectibles that are I, I'm still finding just like random stuff, just really interesting stuff. So. Um, really enjoying the game for the most part. It's kept my attention for, like I said, most of this week. Other than that, uh, I, I, deep down, it's like, I want to wait for the remakes of the Resident Evils and I, I'm planning on going through them, not the remakes, but the, whatever the PS5 upgrade versions of them. Uh, looking forward to jumping into those again. Although, uh, I was bored yesterday after I finished work, I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. So Jumped on PC, turned on Resident Evil 2, Leon Hardcore mode, played that for like two hours, got pretty far into it until I died, and I was like, okay, that was fun, I enjoyed it. 
uh, moved on from that and then ended up playing a little bit more Division 2, which are now on World Tier 5, which is, I think is the last World Tier. Uh, so we could potentially get the highest gear level of stuff, which I think is 515. Um, enjoying it. There's still lots of missions that keep unlocking uh, as we're slowly progressing. I feel like we could see the end of the tunnel now because we're seeing more daily and weekly activities to do and less main story stuff. So there's still definitely some like side quests and a couple main story missions that have popped up just recently, but it's surprising how much content they shoved into that game. I, I'll give them credit. There's you'll get your, your money's worth if you buy the game at any point now. So, and then we're going to probably have to discuss and see if we actually want to look at even just getting the expansion because we put so much time into the game already. It's like, do we want to maybe not sure yet? So, Having fun with that. That's pretty much been my week in gaming. Uh, lots of interesting news to talk about. But before we get to that, uh, Steve, uh, what have you been playing this week? So the one and only game, Elden Ring, the one true game among all games. And I finally beat it. I didn't play a lot this week, but, you know, traditionally Wednesdays are my gaming day. So I sat down. Finally, you know, I like I said, I think last recording. I was in the final area and kind of turns out I was somewhat right, somewhat wrong, but whatever. It wasn't very big. Got through all those, no problem. Finally got to the last true area, area, I guess. And um, yeah, it was uh, interesting. I will say this is why I think, you know, it's important to bring up the fact that like why reviewers need to finish games before they give a final review. Not saying that didn't happen in the case of Elden Ring, but for, you know, speaking for myself, I was definitely lower on the game at the end. I thought, especially the last boss fight, and I won't spoil too much, but it was just probably one of the worst fights in the entire game, and the mechanics are just boring and just unentertaining and completely void of creativity, and it just sucks that that's the note I left this game on. It's probably one of the worst fights I can even think of, and, and not... I'm not just saying difficulty, although the balancing's weird on it. It's not that it's impossible to do. Clearly, I beat the game. It only took me like a few tries even for the last boss. I think four or five. Yeah, probably four. Um, so it's not like it was crazy hard, but it's just they change a lot of things last second, which meant, meant I had to like completely respect my character just for this one last fight, which is just weird. And then I do the fight and it's just. Yeah, it was just so uncreative. I, I don't know what more I can say about it, but it put a damper on my experience as a whole. I definitely think it sucks because I was so high, especially near the middle to... Well, I say the middle was the high point. You're still so in love and enthralled with the exploration. The map's so big. You know, that's amazing. And then, you know, you finally get a little further. The story was getting even better and I was getting more enthralled by the lore. So I was watching these online videos and just falling more and more in love with this world. Like everything was just great. And then, yeah, like I said, just that last fight, man, it just took the wind out of my sails. So, you know, again, this is still an amazing game. It's still one of my top games of all time, but I actually will say like the last fight basically made me realize that this won't be the top game of all time for me i think god of war stands out above this now um but whatever and i will say like once you do finish the game man i'm starting to kind of regret my comments about reusing enemies uh 
this game reuses them too much. I, I will say by the end, I saw so many reused boss fights that it's just like maybe just shorten it up then like you don't have to reuse them that many times like there's two in particular that you probably fight at least two times individually as boss fights and then two other times i can think of in a way together and i'm just like wow how many times do i have to fight the same thing like it's just not fun anymore and like again nobody forced you to make it to the, such an extreme that you feel like you have to keep reusing bosses and they're not the only ones either like there's multiple different bosses where it's just like you come across them multiple times um so that started away on me at the end too but like i said this game's still amazing I, I don't know i will like the first 50 hours i had in this game is probably one of the best experiences i've had in a long time and then i would say you know unfortunately the last five hours waning a little bit on me but again overall still a great game i'd still definitely recommend it it it's going to revolutionize open world games i think and hopefully not too much i don't i don't think everything needs to be this i i like that this is special and unique um but i'm happy i think i ended at the right time i think that's the best way to say it. like i put my hours in you know i was almost 70 hour for 70 hours in that playthrough uh i had a great time i do feel like i got even almost all the boss trophies, I think there's only three I'm missing. Um, so, like, I really went into this game. Like, it's not like I just skimmed through everything or tried to do a speed run or something. So, I loved it. I, I definitely know I'll play it again at some point. It's just, it's one of those things where in the back of my mind, I'm like, but I might just stop playing just before the last boss fight. You know, I've got my ending. It's not a big deal to me. I can just, like, walk away. Just, again, just how annoying that fight is. But, yeah, still loved it. I still recommend it, like I said, and uh, I don't know what's next for me, honestly. Uh, I'm a little worried about that. Can you speak to New Game Plus? Like, does the game give you a heads-up notice? Like, this is the end of the game. Once you pass the spot, the game's going to end, and you will be forced to go into New Game Plus mode? Or can you finish the last boss and still do open-world stuff? Both. You get an option if you want to go straight to New World or New Game Plus, or you get an option to stay. Okay, good. So it, but it doesn't force if you, you choose to stay, you can move later. Okay, good. Or move on, or what, however you'd like to phrase that. That's good to know, because I think some of the other games are like that too, if I'm not mistaken, where it gives you a choice. We'll move on towards the news, and uh, here we go. E3 2022 is completely canceled, digital included. This one comes from Game Informer. E3 has been completely canceled this year, IGN reports with further confirmation by VentureBeat. In a statement to VentureBeat, the Entertainment Software Association, which organizes E3, said the following, in quotes, We previously announced that E3 would not be held in person in 2022 due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19. Today, we announced that there will also be no digital E3 showcases in 2022. The ESA announced in January that the physical convention would not take place, but an online-only version was still a possibility. Today's news broke when IGN's Rebecca Valentine confirmed the contents of an email sent to Razer PR lead Will Powers, who tweeted that it stated a digital E3 was no longer happening as well. It appears these emails were sent to all of the ESA's partners prior to the announcement. So, Chris, for the first time in a long time I that I can't remember, we don't get an E3 this year. There's no nerd yeah, Super Bowl. We're losing our Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it, I mean, let's be honest, the last couple of years, it's progressively gotten worse and worse. 
um, for obvious reasons and for less obvious reasons, like Sony, like not, you know, partaking in it. And then like a couple other vendors not partaking in it and then COVID and then it's digital. And like even last year, what did we do? I think you and I maybe watched a little bit highlights of the Xbox one. I think it's pretty much yeah. all we watched. So yeah, it sucks. Cause yeah, like you say, it's, it's, it's our super bowl. Like we're super exciting things. <sighs> Some of the benefits, maybe we'll get less of these like stupid early announcements for games like five or six years before they're even going to be ready. Maybe we'll get less of that type of thing. Cause let's be honest, that's where E3 kind of, I don't want to say drop the ball, but that's where, that's where they would get our hype up so high for certain things. And then it's like three or four years later is when the actual game came out or comes out. So it's like, maybe we'll get less of that. And it'll be more like specific of when the, like they'll announce these things. It won't be, they won't feel like they're pressured to have announcements for E3. Like that's true. That's an interesting Avenue you bring up because let's face it, the more and more we've heard about crunch in the last few years, I feel like a lot of it, they they'll spotlight the fact that E3 forced a lot of that pressure because they would have to make separate teams would have to make these demos and half the time they weren't even legit. Like we, I can't remember the other game, but I do remember Anthem. Definitely that was, that was, was the one big where one, yeah. they, yeah, they had to make a trailer for a game. They did. They didn't even know what the final product was going to be. And the developers are watching the video. It's like, oh, that's what we're making. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember one of them said it's like, oh, it has jetpacks. <laughs> and so there you go. Like you know, E three can be a detriment. I know us as the fans. Well, most of us uh, enjoy it and. Like, I, I make the joke all the time, like, it is my Super Bowl. I'm not a big fan of sports. I'm not condemning people that are in any way. Um, I just, the way I was raised, I just didn't have a lot of experience with sports. So, you know, E3 kind of became that big deal for me. I remember staying up way too late, uh, especially in my weird schedule where I'm up so early. And I would watch these and, you know, me and you, Chris, we would text sometimes. We mm -hmm. would uh, watch it in our own homes and just text each other the exciting stuff. I remember Final Fantasy VII Remake and stuff like that. We'd text yep. each other like, oh, my God, can you believe it? And that's, yeah, that, uh, you know, I have a nostalgia for that, and it's going to hurt a little. And I don't know if this is permanent. I think maybe that's another thing we can talk about where, you know, it's been in conversations quite a bit in the last few years with PlayStation leaving, then this year. We heard about EA didn't want to do one and now it's altogether canceled. And we just kept hearing where it sounded like the ESA were having financial issues already, just trying to get this thing together. Nobody wanted to show up last year was just so poorly received as a whole. You know, is this the final nail in the coffin for E3? Yeah. And Nintendo too, like most of their things were all pre-recorded. Like they're yeah, they're the, it's stuff. almost their own thing at this point. So it's like, why do they have to align with E3 and why not just separate it all together? So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what will come from it. Like all these uh, state of plays we're getting from Sony. Really, if you crunch those down and add up the numbers, it's, it's probably more show like viewing time of, of games uh, than E3 as a whole. Um, mind you we did talk about this earlier is like the things we're seeing are like footage of a game that's coming out in two or three months. So, but that that's maybe a good thing in some regards. If people aren't even aware of the game, it's like, Hey, this is actually coming up. You could put it on your calendar. 
So, yeah, and then you know, Nintendo will do their thing, their showcases or whatever they do, their Nintendo Direct and Xbox, I guess. I don't know. We haven't... Uh, have they done... I'm trying to think. They, they've done their own show, but I that think was more... Don't, don't, I think they own three. their own convention or building across the street. Yeah. So they were kind of their own thing as well, but they would nicely time with other showcases. Yeah. So they would still kind of play along. Uh, it was an interesting partnership there. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I guess Microsoft is going to have to figure out what to do this year for themselves. Like, I guess this might be their first year that yeah. they do their own online, you know, their first step towards what PlayStation and well, Nintendo kind of started and then PlayStation yeah. started doing. That's probably the one I'm most curious about is to see what they come up with uh, to replace this. Cause they had, like I said, yeah, they've, they've always timed it with the e, the E3 showing. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. A little heartbreaking, but um, anyway, we'll move on. We got a lot to talk about this week. PlayStation has laid off over 90 North American workers. This one comes from VGC. According to Sony documents seen by Axios, who also spoke to one affected employee, the cuts were focused on the company's sales and marketing departments. A VGC source independently verified the layoffs, claiming 93 staff had been cut, including virtually the entire retail marketing channel. Sony didn't respond to requests for comment prior to the Axios story's publication, but in its internal messaging to staff, Leadership said the cuts were part of a global transformation of its sales and business operations. The platform holder is closing its merchandiser team in the U.S., which includes staff whose jobs involve visiting retailers to brief them on the company's products. Traditional retail's importance is waning, with digital now accounting for well over half of PlayStation's software sales, and the company has been increasing its focus on direct-to-consumer marketing for several years now. So this is uh, interesting. Um, you don't like to hear people losing their jobs, but I think this makes sense to me. They're trying to, they're almost, what's the term? Like boots on the ground, but they're doing the, the reverse of it. It's like they're pulling the boots off the ground now at this point. Boots on the net, I guess. Yeah, because everything's going so digital and I think they're working on a better... Um, website so that you could purchase their products uh directly from them i think is what we talked about a week or two ago i think mm -hmm. so i think this is expected it's too bad they can't find other positions for these people but sales staff and like the training people that they're talking about I, those are very specific jobs and yeah they're, it'd be hard to yeah. relocate that kind of person yeah exactly hard to reintegrate them into like a different position like you said like it's what they work for HR now or something like, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it doesn't easily transition well. So, yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It's, you know, I don't want anyone to lose their jobs, obviously. Um, so, you know, I guess in that way, my heart goes out to these people and I hope they rebound well and hopefully they can even stay in a medium that they love and enjoy and passionate for. Um, but like Chris said, I, I kind of echo everything he says, like, you know, everything's changing you know it's just like i wasn't happy that all these blockbusters went out of business when netflix started taking over and i don't think anyone really was but it's just the way of things and looking at how they explain this i'm like yeah i could see how you might not need these people anymore i mean all the time we hear about how how bad it is at GameStop, and i'm like well do you really need someone to walk over there and explain products and it, how much money that would cost you know they're, they're sending over displays and 
promotional merch and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's costing money on top of just paying the salary for something that's not really relevant anymore. And it's getting less and less relevant every day. Yeah. The game stops are definitely suffering and that's not a new thing. Uh, that's why you, when you go into a GameStop nowadays, you can, the products that they sell are very, <laughs> when you can f- buy board games at their store, you know, they're, uh, mm. they're, suffering a little bit master chief monopoly (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna move on yet again and here's a doozy abandoned ps5 dev responds to rumors of cancellation this one comes from push square so we got two parts on this one we have our original story and our update so we'll start with the original obviously it's been a while since we last got an update from the studio and that's because some fans have spotted that the team has quietly been deleting posts from its twitter account a quick comparison between a way back archive of the company's social page uh, and its current one reveals that dozens of messages have been deleted, including one which alluded to a playable tech demo inside the aforementioned real-time experience app. So we'll kind of take a break here, uh, Chris. <laughs> now, I, I'm just going to bring up right away, like we've talked about this uh, to a nauseum, really, um, in prior episodes and our disdain for everything we've heard about blue box or whatever they pretend to be called. But if previous rumors have been true, there's a lot of people have dug up things on this. And again, hopefully it is true, but it seems that's kind of the, uh, Hassan Karaman's, um, MO. He basically introduces a game lies about its existence, lies that he's dedicated about the game. Then you just get delays, delays, and no updates, no updates, and then quietly these things get canceled and altogether removed from whatever platform they were promised on. Now they've never been on a on a platform this big, PlayStation. Um, so again, there's some people that seem to think it's still true because like, how are they going to trick Sony? But I mean, let's not pretend Sony's not made any blunders. This is not an impossibility whatsoever, and in fact reading this original story i'm looking and i'm like this is what me and you were talking about in all those rumors it is literally that no information deleting posts deleting information about things he lied about i'm just like oh man like i I honestly this is more making me believe that we're never seeing this game in reality you just called him a liar he needs to take two years off to process the fact that you called him a liar and you know because it's hurt him personally and <laughs> i mean i really hope i'm wrong I mean, honestly like oh I hope if he so comes too. out and it's like a playable game i'll just be really surprised yeah I, I i think yeah we've talked about this like you said quite a bit and it's almost i feel like this is kind of like a not a joke, but more of a joke story that we keep bringing it up at this point. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I literally, like, I just see abandoned, and I, I literally whoop. get that poop eating smirk <laughs> right on my face. I just, it's like we we've gone in the history, we've looked at all the games that were announced or spoken about, and then that were shortly after canceled or forgotten about. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it is uh, continuing a pattern of misbehaviors, in my opinion. So we'll move on to the update. Abandoned hasn't been abandoned. Blue Box Game Studio has released a rare new statement, which explains that rumors regarding the PS5's game's cancellation is false. It goes on to explain the work continues on the real-time experience app and a playable prologue, but this has been delayed. Oh, really? 
Unfortunately, and in quotes, unfortunately, we aren't ready yet as we underestimated our development roadmap. Uh, end quotes, the Ugh. message says. Really? That doesn't sound familiar at all. Crazy. And you know what's also crazy? There still has not been another human being that claims to work for Blue Box Studios. And he claims that is because they don't feel safe anymore because of all the misinformation he's led people to intentionally make them believe that this was a Hideo Kojima game. Uh, So now they don't feel safe on the internet because there's been so many threats and so on. And I'm like, which, very convenient, all very convenient. And now, yeah, no, no, we still don't know of anyone else that works at this company other than him. And it's just like we're hearing delays and roadmap, and those words are always great together. Well, and like the work continues on the real time experience app and a playable prologue. So, like, is that that's not even the game? And they're like no. a roadmap for the an app and the prologue of a game. Like, Oh my god, I, this is Sony. You guys got to pull the ripcord on this one and, and oh bail yeah. because I, even if it, it does turn out to be something, like we say, it, it, it's, it's not, not worth it yeah, anymore. It, it's, it's not, not worth it. it. It's not worth the trouble. Uh, the, the fact that you, your name, PlayStation, and Sony keeps getting brought up amongst the this topic is, is not helping anymore. Like, just bail. Just bail. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I can't agree more. This is ridiculous. Um, it's absolutely silly. And I just think, I mean, I'll keep talking about it as, as many times as it keeps coming up because I, I need to warn people that if this even does see the light of day and it becomes a finished product, like, I think we need to stand in unity and say, no, like, we're not supporting this kind of crap, honestly, anymore. So, you know, and maybe you can disagree with me. Maybe you think it's still worth a try, whatever it ends up being. But that's the thing. Every time he talks about releasing something, it ends up just being a smaller teaser. Like the last time with that experience app, Ugh. he promised something coming and we all thought it was going to be this prologue, this playable prologue, and it ended up being the shortest teaser we've ever seen. And not to mention, it never ended up working and it turns out it was just a video that he already released on Twitter was, days ago. It was like three seconds longer than the original teaser. And I'm like, how do you not get a short teaser to work on an app and like it gets delayed like oh man so many questions and it makes my head hurt (laughs) which means we should just continue to move forward playstation plus april 2022 playstation 5 ps4 games have been announced uh this one comes from push square just a quick article on what's to come uh the playstation games for april 2022 we have hood outlaws and legends for ps5 and ps4 slay the spire for ps4 SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. This one is also for PS4. So- Absolute bangers, all of them. <laughs> and I'm saying that with the uh, sarcasm, a high of sarcasm I've never hit before. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's, I've looked at Slay the Spire before because I like card-based games, and it seemed interesting. I hovered over the purchase button once or twice before. Uh, I've seen a couple people stream Hood Outlaws and Legends. It's like a PvPVE game where you're just fighting uh, regular NPCs to steal their loot. Meanwhile, other players are out there hunting you down in the middle of it. So it's it seemed fun when I was watching it, but it's 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 far as I can tell, it's purely online game. So that's the market for that's usually a little little less than than most want. So and SpongeBob, well, whatever you're gonna have the fans of SpongeBob that grab that. So. Yeah, mm. that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, it's not the worst month. I guess just another average PS Plus month. So moving on, Sony has confirmed the PlayStation Plus Essentials, Extra, and Premium subscriptions. This one comes from VGC. Okay, guys, so this is a big one, or one of the big ones, so I guess there's a few. But anyway, we got the news like we talked about last week. Uh, You know, I'm proud to say we were one of the first to talk that this was even going to happen this week, and yay, the rumors were correct for once. And there you go, PlayStation, in one of the most disappointing ways of releasing this information it's just a blog post uh it's dumbfounding but the least hype way they could have got this across finally announced their ps plus plus i you know they still haven't really given it a name but anyway it's a playstation subscription service uh not you know everyone wants to keep comparing it to game pass i don't think it's a game pass competitor honestly I, i look at it more like a nintendo whatever their online it's more competitor to that than anything. Um, but anyway, they announced it. It's a three tier service and whatever, if you have PS plus right now, then guess what? You're now being labeled as PS plus essentials. Uh, so yeah, anyway, you get the three tiers, uh, and that's kind of the reveal. Like I said, before we get in, into those tiers more, I'll let Chris take it away. But before we get there, I do want to bring up that like, Chris, would you agree that this kind of seemed like the weirdest way to announce this and almost tone deaf in terms of like, you want people to get excited for this. So you release it on a blog post. Yeah. It's like throwing a small stone into the lake and just hoping that it spreads throughout. But it's like, if I was them, I would have like shotgun blasted out to everything. Like have a YouTube video announcing it. Like, they've got the money for it they could have put a little bit more effort into this or even like hide it behind like a god of war state of play or something like just something that was going to make people hype and then you tag it on and then it's like oh this is twice as hype yeah but like having it as its own thing and then not even like really respecting that one announcement even like i just i don't know this just seemed weird to me and not to mention we can get into it more later but then they kind of just say hey like Here's the hard facts, uh, but we're not going to talk any games on these tiers. Yeah. And I, I'm just like, what? Like, why? Like, yeah, the rumors were out there, but the rumors have been out there for months. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so I, I just don't understand, like, why you had to talk about it now then if you didn't really have anything to say. And especially to be like, well, look forward to seeing it in like three months or two months. Like, I, I don't think they gave a specific date in June, but. I just, yeah, it just seems tone deaf again. And I'm like, man, you guys are not reading the room right now. And I think this could have been way more exciting. I, I That's the pessimistic side, but we'll get to the optimistic side. So, Chris, I'll let you uh, explain these tiers to us. Okay, so starting with the first tier, which is going to be labeled as PlayStation Plus Essentials, uh, it's essentially going to offer the same benefits as the current PlayStation Plus service with the monthly free games discounts and online multiplayer it will cost the same which is $9.99 a month $24.99 for three months and $59.99 a year so anybody who has PlayStation Plus currently you're just automatically going to be turned into this uh, new PlayStation Plus Essentials tier uh, subscription uh, assuming you still have your subscription active well when this kicks in uh, the second tier PlayStation Plus Extra will include the same benefits, but with the access to a library of 400 downloadable PS4 and PS5 games. These games will include Death Stranding, God of War, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, Returnal, 
and definitely more than that, obviously. Additional titles, including third-party titles, will be announced at a later date, which we alluded to, uh, with regular additions planned for the future, according to SIE. Uh, the PlayStation Plus Extra will cost $14.99 a month, $39.99 for three months, and $99.99 a year. PlayStation Plus Premium is the third tier, uh, which includes the above-mentioned benefits, above in the way that I'm reading, not the way that I'm speaking. <laughs> Uh, but it adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 titles available via cloud streaming and a catalog of classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation Portable generations. Premium will also offer cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PlayStation Portable, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. In addition, premium members will be able to access time-limited game trials, allowing them to try select games before they buy. Uh, the premium is going to cost you $17.99 a month, $49.99 for three months, or $119.99 for the year. For markets that currently don't support cloud streaming, premium will be known as deluxe and be offered at a lower price. Uh, Sony plans to roll out the new PlayStation Plus offering in a phased regional approach in June, it will begin with an initial launch in several markets in Asia, followed by North America, Europe, and the rest of the world where PlayStation Plus is offered. Okay, Chris, that was a mouthful. You did it, though. You succeeded. And we can now talk about a three-tiered approach to our PlayStation Plus subscriptions. So I don't even know where you want to start. I mean, there's so much to jump on here, but... yeah. I just want to talk about price. I've heard a lot of people complaining about the price and they're like, this is more expensive than game pass. And, and it does not include the offerings of game pass. And I have to say simply this more games are being offered in this service. A lot more actually it looks like. And I'll also say if you pay yearly, which Jim Ryan, uh, we have a quote, uh, I, I guess I didn't really include the quote in the show but talks about how a overwhelming majority of subscribers do the yearly passes. Yeah. So if you do a yearly pass, I need you to listen to me right now. You put your ear right to that goddamn speaker. And I need you to listen that it is only going to cost you $10 a month if you buy the yearly pass. $10 for everything. You are already paying 5 to $6 a month just for the online PlayStation Plus itself. You literally only have to pay five, four to five dollars more a month, and you have access to like seven hundred games. Yeah. And now I, we don't know what the games are. I can't. I'm not selling you on that, but I'm just saying if you're going to complain about price, I don't think you've done your homework. Yeah. No, hundred percent agree. Yeah, like the just let's break it down to month to month, right? So you got your basic PlayStation Plus, ten dollars a month. There's the extra PlayStation Plus, which which essentially is a combination of PlayStation Plus plus PlayStation Now service. That's uh, going to be listed as $14.99 a month, which the savings on that alone is immense for play people who use the PlayStation Now service because if I'm not mistaken, I think PlayStation Now costs $15 and that's on top of the PlayStation Plus membership. Uh, so I think it might be cheaper It might be a little now, bit cheaper, but... It, but it is on top, and I do think it's like at least $10. Yeah, I could so you are actually saving money in that regards. And then there's the premium thing, which they didn't have to do. They didn't have to give us access to all these classic games. I mean, 
Once again, we still don't know what they uh, mean by classic games, but if they're referring to the old consoles, we know kind of ballpark at least what we should expect from them. So I don't know. This this seems like a fantastic deal. The price is great. Yeah, like you mentioned, like the people going at the fact that you're you're not going to get brand new Sony games on this service. Ah, that's that's just a small little stone in the. The, our little chink in the armor or whatever like it's it's that's nothing compared to the value you get i've i've used game pass i've always i've gotten it when it was like the dollar for the whole pass there's a lot of games on there for xbox anyway but it's the comparing the catalogs is you, you can't access a lot of the old stuff on game pass i i don't think you can play halo one well i guess you can you can play the the re, i guess that remastered version of it but there's, well, there's, they have, they have backwards compatibility. From my understanding, that's quite yeah. good. I, it's just that Xbox, its catalog's not as big, and it doesn't go back as far. Yeah. So that's honestly the biggest difference. Yeah. So it's not only that I'm crapping on it, like uh, Xbox at all. It's just they don't have as long of a history, and a lot of their console g- generations, like you know, they have a few hits, no doubt about it, but. They didn't have, like, you know, Xbox to PS2, man. There's a sizable difference with options there. Yeah. Like, sizable. I own both an Xbox and a PS2. It, it wasn't even close. Yeah, 100%. So what are, you, what are your thoughts? Like, uh, what, what pass do you think you're leaning to? After seeing the pricing of these passes? Yeah. Th- After seeing pricing, I'm 100% premium. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm I, I just, too. like, we talked about this. I'm possibly foolishly going to put my trust in Sony, and I think the the games that I want, I think a lot of them will probably be here. And again, I'm putting a lot of faith in Sony because they've been a little dodgy lately, but I'm going to put my faith in here. And obviously, I'm not going to subscribe till I see the service, so maybe I'll change my mind. But as of right now, I'm pretty confident I'll do the yearly. It's not costing me that much more. It's honestly silly not to. If it's only going to cost me $5 a month more to have this library of games. And some of these, like, it's already going to pay for itself in terms of, uh, you know, even if we just talked about that extra package, which you did, Mm -hmm. the the extra alone is going to give me access to Death Stranding, which I'm always weird about. I see it on sale. I want to buy it. But I'm like, oh, what if I don't like it? Then it's such a waste of money. And then I do the same thing with Returnal. I'm going to get both those games right there. That is like uh, $120, maybe $100 to $120, arguably, of like value right there, day one. Just those two it games. paid for the whole year, Chris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, like, so I'm like, yeah, like obviously that kind of makes sense to me. Like those are games, and that's the difference. Game Pass introduced, and like I'm not going to take the hard stand here, but currently Game Pass introduces games that don't, matter to me like their day one reveals are like well we got mlb i'm like well i'm not a sports guy but like you know good pick uh then it's like outriders i don't care whatsoever then it's uh rainbow six extraction okay (laughs) like you know like these things don't interest me at all but like the games i just there's two there that i've been interested in for a while i just don't want to take the leap of faith and then be burned that maybe they're just not my type of game so i think that's more where i'm excited about this service is that you know, and even uh, another one right now is like, I'm not going to make the claim of when it's going to happen, but me and you aren't big Horizon fans. 
Maybe it's only a year from now we're going to get that on this service. Maybe even last time. I don't know what it's going to look like. Is it going to be six months, a year? Who knows? Um, So, I mean, Returnal's not even a year old. Mm -hmm. So it very well could be less than a year, and I'm going to have Horizon Forbidden West. Didn't have to pay for it. And I think that's fair. That's 100% for the price. Again, I keep referring to the price. I'm thinking yearly. I'm not thinking monthly, uh, three, like, quarterly whatever i'm just thinking yearly but like yeah for five dollars a month these playstation originals will show up there eventually yeah they're not day one i don't want them to be if you've listened to this podcast at all and we're going to talk about it furthermore later um there's a reason for that so i think this is great i want this the only downside i have right now is what a stupid way to market this currently or reveal it lackluster no hype whatever I'll get over it eventually. Just give me time to sleep it sleep it off. And the other one would be like PS3 streaming still. Uh, I get it. Cell processors, all that stuff. But man, we there's decent emulators on PC. Like this isn't an impossibility, or at least from my understanding, it's not an impossibility. You need to do better. Like, and like and fast. Like I, I can't believe this is still an issue two generations later. Like we're talking about like, you know, man. I guess since it officially died, like, I don't know, I'm going to say seven years, but like, really, they should have been working on this even like mid PS3. So I'm going to say like 10 years, like this could have been worked out eventually. Like, I I don't know. It just seems sad that a bunch of monitors in a basement, their mom's basement, I don't know why, but it has to be their mom's basement, um, could probably work together and figure this out faster than Sony. So yeah, that's a detriment. That's weird. I don't understand that, but uh, everything else. This does actually. I'm more excited talking to you about this now than that entire like media review. <laughs> yeah, that's again just how. Just I don't. Know, it just seemed like it's just words on paper, and it was like, wow, man. Like even if you would have just dropped a flyer off of my house with like wacky uh, imagery and all that stuff, I I would have got more excited by that. But the fact that it's just like here's a blog post. I'm like, man, like. You're going to get the most monotone guy to read it to me, too? Like, is that, you know? But <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm interested in you, Chris. Sorry, I'm rambling for days here. Uh, I, what, what are your takes? Uh, my takes are, like, I'm super excited. The big thing was the price announcement, because really it's like, like you say, for how much more I have to spend a month or, or a year, I usually get the year pass, just to clarify. That's like nothing. The, the amount of times... When I waste a hundred dollars on stupid shit <laughs> like this. Well, honestly, one bad game, one bad game. Yeah, nowadays, and you're almost paying yeah, that anyway. Yeah, yeah, with the pricing of them. Oh my god! And it's like, yeah, I've gotten more into the the phase now where it's like, there's some stuff obviously I want to play like day one, and I'm still gonna buy those games day one. But there's other things like even in my TV viewing, like I can wait for the next season of a show. I don't need to watch every episode as it comes out, like the day it comes out. And that's this. I th- I'm feeling that way with games too. There's there's a whole bunch of games that I would have liked to have played or try in the past, and it's like the fact that now I don't have to spend much more, and they're just going to be there, and I'm going to have access to it. Like, it's just I'm excited. I, I like I'm super excited. The big thing is the catalog. Like I'm ex- I'm I'm actually I think I'm not I'm not at like obviously we kind of know the PlayStation Now stuff that's going to come with it, so that you could only probably look up ahead of time but i'm more curious as some of the retro stuff like ps1 ps2 
I'm I'm very curious as to what's going to come up there. How's the games going to just run? Like, are they going to look good? Are they going to look like crap? Like, how? Like, is it going to translate well? Like, how's this going to work? Is it going to be like you know letterbox or you know what I mean? Like different. Like, is the resolution going to work? How's I I don't know the technical side of things. How that's all going to work? But I'm excited to see like I don't know just old games like playing like I don't know like I'm like imagining like back when I was like back in the day playing hundreds and hundreds of hours of like dynasty warriors four, like hundreds and hundreds of hours. If I could turn that thing on, get that pass and see dynasty warriors four as an option. That's like crazy. That's crazy to me. Cause a lot of my PS2 games, a lot of my, I'm not someone who's like, there's some stuff I collect, but there's a lot of stuff I don't. Uh, so like a lot of my old games I've like resold at like garage sales and stuff like that. So being able to have access to some of that old stuff again sounds like I'm super stoked to like jump back in. I like couch uh, gameplay, like split screen. That's not really a thing anymore. Like there's some games out there that still have that, but it's less and less. Those older generations of games were like, that's where that's that stuff shined was the split split screen stuff. So I'm super excited in the fact that like we might be able to replay some of these old games and like I could invite you or like some other buddies over and we'll just do like I don't know like test drive eve of destruction destruction derby game like my mind's going wild with possibilities so I'm super excited for this I'm curious like how much we're gonna have to pay because obviously right now you and I are both on year subscriptions so how much is it gonna cost us to like upgrade the pass I'm kind of curious yeah I'm just curious like how they're calculating it because that seems tough to calculate like if I'm already like five months into the year of the past like so do they like charge me for a new year subscription I, i'm curious how that's gonna translate well but uh yeah i if I, if you haven't heard already i'm super excited for this oh playstation portable man like what how what yeah. kind of stuff's gonna DJ be in there max, man we talked DJ about max. last week give me give me give me my dj max i'm gonna be so happy my my wife will probably even play that like i just man like and you're right like I think clarity is a good point. Like wh- how these games going to look. I ha- I have to believe again, we're taking a leap of faith, but I have to believe Sony would understand that and understand that like someone with like you and me that have a 4k TV, this needs to translate. Well, we need to be able to read text in our JRPGs. <laughs> yeah. uh, so can you imagine if like, you know, I, you're more of, um, fond of this title than me, but like legend of dry goons on this. You know what I'm saying? Like people will lose their like pants over that yeah. if that is in the catalog. Like again, I could be overhyping an impossibility, but I don't know. Like anything's possible in my opinion, and I yeah, I hope it looks good. I hope it runs well. Like, again, the streaming thing I'm a little iffy about, but other than that, like this is what I wanted to be. I think this is the perfect solution to like not quite going where Game Pass is, which I don't want them to do but also doing something that's going to actually intrigue me because as you know, I'm not a big subscription service kind of guy. And I looked at game pass and I'm like, okay, this is fine. But your first party stuff doesn't really interest me. And the stuff that you're adding on that you're hyping, isn't that impressive to me? Like, it's just not stuff that I was into anyway. So it's just never like, you know, I have a PC, I can get game pass. It's not an issue, but every time I look at it, I'm like, but I don't want any of those things. And so I'm like, why would I even give you a dollar where this is like, you have a catalog. You basically have me by the balls when you talk about PS1 and PS2 and PSP. 
you just have me by the balls. Like I can't, you know, as a hardcore PlayStation fan, and I've been one since I owned my first PlayStation, I can't, yeah, say no to this. So you win. I guess the other thing I want to know too is people try to complain and like, well, it's not going to have like day one game reveals ever. And I'm like, yeah, probably not PlayStation ones, but what do you mean you talk about like a month ago? Shadow Warriors 3 on PlayStation Now, day one. Yeah. They're testing this out. It's not <clears throat> an impossibility. And they haven't, in any of the phrasing too, they haven't alluded that it will be an impossibility. So yeah, you might not get, you know, the next Last of Us 3 day one, but you might get other games day one. I suspect they'll, they'll do, like if they see a game's going to come out on Game Pass, they might offer the company the same deal as like, I honestly wonder if it'll be that, or do you think they're going to compete and be like, could be. okay, you took like, what rainbow six extraction are we going to take like this other like not as hype game but like you know take it off their hands because it just yeah. it's exclusive Good. so i wonder if they'll almost compete and like you know kind of fight that For way. third party titles yeah i could see that yeah yeah because then i i feel like if they were trying to share the same titles that then both sides like xbox and playstation should be like well i'm not going to pay you the full check if you're also going to be on game pass day one right yeah. so one, although, wouldn't this be an interesting way to kind of screw people and be like, MLB will be at day one? <laughs> yeah. Because really, right? Because they, they look a little silly now with MLB being, well, A, it's going to come out to Switch for the first time ever, uh, or Nintendo as a whole. And then, yeah, Xbox Game Pass two years in a row, day one. So now they might be able, I don't know how the contracts work, but they might be able to say like, hey, now it's on us day one as well. Yeah. One last thing I just want to, point out which is just a theory of mine is the games for the catalog i suspect it's going to be mostly games that you could have purchased digitally on the playstation 3 because there was a fair amount of ps1 games and yeah there and, was uh, i think there was ps2 oh, games persona 3 i think i can yeah so i suspect a ah. lot of that library is what's going to show up on this service but that's man. just my thoughts so man you got me excited now actually Oh my God, what if, because everyone's always complaining, well, everyone being nerds like me who really like Persona now, uh, you know, Persona 4 Golden, I wish we had it on uh, anything other than Vita. Like, well, I guess it's on PC, but I want to play it on my console. What if that is part of the catalog? Because it originally came out on PS2. Yeah. Is it possible that it's going to show up there? Good. Good. Man, I'd be happy if it did. I mean, I know a lot of people still be like, well, it's not the Golden version, yada, yada, but hey. It's any version. Just let me play it. Like, I just, everyone keeps talking about Persona 4 anything, and I want Persona 4. So, man, uh, you got me more hyped than any of these blog posts ever did. <laughs> so, good job, Chris. You're, you're influencing me. You're welcome. Goddamn influencer. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to move on to our next article, and I think this one explains itself, but we're going to do our best job here. PlayStation's Jim Ryan, our games could suffer if they went straight into PS Plus. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Sony's new PS Plus subscription offering boasts online multiplayer access, hundreds of PS4 and PS5 titles, streaming retro titles, and game trials. But what it doesn't include, unlike its main competitor, are new first-party games that launch in the service at the same time they come out at retail. In quotes, we feel like we are in a good, virtuous cycle with the studios, explains PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan. Where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle, and we think our gamers like that cycle. He continues, in terms of putting our own games into the service, 
or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we have gone down in the past. And it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel like if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, the virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make our studios would not be possible. And we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the game that we would make would not be something that gamers want. The way the world is changing so very quickly at the moment, nothing is forever, he tells us. Who would have said even four years ago that you would see a AAA PlayStation IP being published on PC? We started the last year with Horizon Zero Dawn, then game Days Gone, and now God of War, a hugely polished and accomplished PC version of that game. We've had great critical success and great commercial success, and everybody has made their peace with that happening and is completely at ease with it. I look back four years and think nobody would have seen that coming. So I don't want to cast anything in stone at this stage. All I'm talking to today is the approach we're taking in the short term, the way our publishing models works right now. It doesn't make any sense, but things can change very quickly in this industry, as we all know. So I survived this article, got through it, summarized it quite a bit. I mean, the article's longer. I think Chris wants to emphasize more than anything that if you are interested in this, if you're confused by any of this, please go to GameIndustry.biz. Please look up this article. It's a big interview. It's a big interview. Read it. Educate yourselves if you feel like you need to. Um, it, I feel like it's pretty important. Again, for there's a lot of naysayers. A lot of people don't understand how Game Pass isn't viable. And it's just not. You know, I think I talked about this off air with another friend. And we got a little more back information on Game Pass. And it sounds like rumors were saying that um, I think Game Pass spent 20 to $30 million reportedly to get um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Square Enix game, on their service. Uh, it was already old by then, so that's not like a day one release. So, you know, it's crazy that they, they paid that much. Well, that, as we know, is the estimated value of Game Pass, like what they acquire in a month. For one game, Chris. Now, that doesn't include all the studios they have working basically for free, uh, you know, non-profit as I like to call them. That doesn't include all the other games that are licensing to be on there. And it doesn't uh, account for the cost that Game Pass itself generates in terms of like servers and the people that work for it. I mean, the, it's just so expensive. Like there's no way, you know, he can say it's sustainable and it's like anything sustainable when you have a trillion dollars in the bank. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not profitable. And I think that's the word nobody wants to use. And that is what Jim Ryan's saying is like, hey, doing it this way is not only not profitable, but it's also going to hurt us in the long haul. Because like I've been proclaiming forever now is that if we want these awesome, high quality AAA, quadruple A even if we want to talk Microsoft, if we want these awesome games with high budgets and high values. We have to pay for them. It's just, it's the only way it's going to happen. We, we've already heard these conversations happen in other mediums. When we talked about movies and COVID and the effect that these theater, these poor theater sales were having, right away we heard studios saying that, like, you're probably not going to see the same quality of, like, Marvel's Avengers Endgame if we don't have these ticket prices, if we're not, we're like, getting $2 billion back in just theater prices, you know, or ticket sales, if you were. Um, so, I mean, you know, and even you hear about music artists 
What happened when Spotify took over and Apple Music and all these other services? Their only source of revenue seems to be touring now. And and even touring's not that great. That's why their freaking merch and their t-shirts are like $800. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you can come at me. You can disagree with me. I 100%, you know, get it. Like, if you're looking at this from a consumer standpoint, I understand. But it, I would ask that you step back, look at it as an industry, and realize that more is affected here than just you like the convenience of these games day one. I wish I had more to add to that. But you freaking nailed it. Like the big thing that we talked about, there's the, the part of the quote I highlighted where he says the level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. And we think the knock on effect of the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers want right there in that thing. They're saying that if we do the same model that's happening with Microsoft at, at some point, maybe not right away, but the quality of games is going to start dropping. And, mm. and we 100% do not want that because already with these live service games, gamers are already saying this quality of, of gaming is shit. Get away from this. And other companies are just diving deep into that. 100%. Look how amazing uh, for Bandai Napco and FromSoft Elden Ring did. Do- if they and the time we find out after the fact that they've been working on this game since Dark Souls 3. So I need people to understand that like they are not going to take they're not going to invest that much time in development and produce these amazing games that are just massive if they're not going to get the payback. You know, if you're only going to get a check for Microsoft for 2030, let's shoot for the skies, you get 50 million dollars. That's nothing compared to when you sold already 12 million copies. It's over now. I think the last time I heard about it, which is even probably higher now, is like 14 million. Well, take that to top retail price and times that by 12 million. That's how much they just made. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 it's astronomically higher than just trying to play this nonprofit. I'm, and like, that's the thing. Microsoft can afford to do this. I'm not saying Microsoft is never going to give you a AAA or quadruple A value game. It's because, again, they have a trillion dollars in the bank. They're the only ones that can afford to do this. PlayStation can't compete at that level and give away their best stuff for free. I'm sorry. They just can't. And I'm okay with that because, like we just talked about at that second tier, I'm going to get these other amazing games that have only been out for you know a year, less than a year, and I can still try them then, too. So if you truly don't feel like every game, Death Stranding, Returnal, are my examples where I don't know if I trust to drop the full retail price on them, I'm going to get access to them. And like, so I think this works. I honestly think this is the best way it's going to get done. It's the way that I can invest, but still, still sleep at night, knowing that hopefully I'm doing this in a way that keeps an industry alive and uh, not just alive, but like profitable and viable and all those good things. Kind of a, a random question, but popped into my mind when we were talking about the last article, how, do you think it's going to work with like DLC and expansions for these types of games? I don't know what you use PlayStation now briefly when it first came out. Do you recall if it gave you access to like expansions on games and DLC and like cosmetics for free? Or was that something you could purchase to add to those games? Like how did that, how did that system work? My limited experience is that I don't think I did. Yeah. Cause I know on game pass you get, you get access to pretty much all the DLC usually. And maybe not for the brand new games that come out, but all the older games, they usually have the DLCs and expansions. 
I want to say though, with my limited experience, I feel like developers would want there to be an access to that, yeah. even if they have to warn you that, hey, if you don't actually own this game, but you buy these microtransactions or these cosmetics, just note that like when you unsubscribe and lose the game, you own these microtransactions only. Yeah, you won't be able to apply them to anything uh, if you don't have the game. Yeah, so hopefully there's like a warning there, but at the same time, I would think that these companies would want you to buy these microtransactions. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just giving them for free. So I'm curious what will come from that. Kind of a random side thought my head just went to. So. Uh, so staying on point here, we found out that PS5's PS Plus collection is not going anywhere. This one comes from Push Square. The PlayStation 5 PS Collection, which grants subscribers access to a range of great titles at no extra cost, won't be disappearing when the service transitions to its new three-tier system in June. The added bonus will become part of the PS Plus Essentials, which is the base offering that all current PlayStation Plus members will be automatically converted to in the summer. Sony confirmed its plans to keep the list of 20 PS4 titles to IGN. Uh, but somehow, at the same time, we found out, and this is our next article, Persona 5 is being removed from the PlayStation Plus collection. This one comes from VGC. In a new blog post confir uh, confirming April's PlayStation Plus games, the platform holder confirmed that the JRPG will be removed from the PS Plus collection soon. Players who add the game, though, to their library before the removal will be able to play the game for the duration of their PS Plus subscription. Uh, so kind of good news, bad news. I mean, if you haven't played Persona 5 yet, you've you've done screwed up and you need to rethink your life, recess, everything. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you get to keep that catalog of games, which is really great. Again, it's like, I know they just released uh, Uncharted Thieves Collection or whatever. Whatever, I don't care. It, I can get Uncharted for the full game, PS4 version, but from my understanding, it runs 60 frames on the PS5. So I feel like it's just as good. You'll have access to stuff like that. It's great. Fantastic. But we're running a little long in the tooth, so let's get to our last news article. Rumor Mill points... Actually, this is yours. <laughs> rumor Mill points to really big Sony acquisition, but it's just speculation. This one comes from Push Square. Okay, so before we get into it, uh, I just want to... I summarize the article. So there was three rumors that the article was mentioning. Uh, first one was just, you know, this reveal of the three-tiered service. The second one was going to be a supposed media convention for the PSVR 2 uh, that we heard. I saw a few articles bringing it up, but now it seems less likely. But I have a feeling it'll show up at GDC. Um, it's not a big deal. They're going to reveal eventually. You know, they said holiday this year, so I I'm not too worried. But the big one, the third one, I'll let Chris The take. third rumor is a tasty one. An acquisition. And it's allegedly really big. Speaking as part of Kinda Funny Games Daily, both Miller and GamesBeat scrub Jeff Grubb claimed to have heard about the same thing. Grubb explained, in quotes, the third one is very difficult to pin down because people can get a word on acquisitions, but those who actually know are usually legally bound not to say anything. As the conversation develops, Grubb explains that he's heard it's big and Miller interjects so we're sharing information here, but I've heard from two separate sources, one of them being a pool of people, that it's big, that it's really big. Grubb went on to explain that Sony is very serious about leaks and that even though he's heard plenty of speculation about an acquisition, he's not going to write a story about it on GamesBeat. Therefore, all this sounds like hearsay more than anything concrete. So, Chris, we're kind of speculating on speculation, but um, I don't know. Hearing multiple people talk about, you know, the same thing, like clearly those two were able to 
meet somewhere and say that they've heard from their own separate sources, you know, the same rumor, which again, we can speculate whether there's smoke, there's fire. Um, so I don't know, maybe this is all nothing, but Sony's said multiple times in the past year that, you know, destiny wouldn't be the last acquisition or sorry, Bungie, yeah. not destiny. Same thing. <laughs> uh, Bungie wouldn't be, yeah, basically, um, wouldn't be the last acquisition, so on and so forth. This is very interesting to hear. Me and you were kind of talking about this before recording, but like I feel like we're both like worried. I, I feel like we're a little excited because they're like, okay, it's big, but then what does big mean? You know, I, I threw out the two that everyone's talking about online, Capcom, Square Enix. I don't think they're very likely. I think Square Enix more than Capcom because Ca- Capcom's so viable right now. Like every year they're making more money. I don't think they're that desperate. Square Enix, I mean, they just as big as they talk, they're not in a great place. Like, you know, they keep shooting out, especially publishing, turd after turd. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Like, beyond, Res, uh, not Resident Evil, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy XIV Online, I can't tell you what good things could come from them. Nothing recently, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, their smaller titles have been better than their bigger titles, which is saying yeah. something, I guess. So. so I feel like if Sony... For, and I don't think they should. And I don't honestly, like, let's get this right away because I know there's going to be messages that are very aggressive, aggressive towards me. I'm not for acquisitions. I don't want games being taken away from people. So I really hope it's not these. I would hope it's some other entity together that, you know, maybe Xbox doesn't have any like share in already. So I just, yeah, I don't want anything taken away. So that's where it's almost hard to even speculate because I don't want to, like, wish, you know, I don't want you to wish that kind of evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, You know, kind of stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's only two I could think of, honestly. I mean, I don't think it would be, like, take two or something crazy like that. I, I don't, there's, there's just too much money there. They, they don't, like, they don't, who's got the money to buy them other than Microsoft? But, but what about the one that I keep suggesting and making jokes about for a long time now? <laughs> you're shaking your head i keep making a joke uh i don't know why i keep doing it but i keep saying it. i feel like sega is going to be on the market at some point i i feel like they're struggling and they're they're not a lot of big hits coming out of sega right now so i think newsworthy wise that might be big just in the sense of a it's sega and they're getting acquired this is totally just me <laughs> shooting off the hip right now like it's it's almost i'm continuing my joke but now it's like the possibility it could become real. But yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I think it's weird if they did acquire Sega because like I said, they're not doing a heck of a lot right now, but maybe that's what could bring a little bit of life into the company and maybe get it going again. Sega owns lots of different companies and properties underneath it. So that's why I say if they're saying it's going to be really big, this could be one that would be on the market, but I don't know. That's just me being goofy and, throwing something out there so (laughs) i'm just gonna throw two hail marys and they're ridiculous they're stupid and i'm dumber for saying them and i totally admit that first but i just want to have fun with this so i'm just going to throw my first hail mary i hope you can catch it chris ubisoft oh nope (laughs) didn't catch it that's actually a really good one too i like that konami oh yeah 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 not i again i don't know if they would but like is it more of a licensing deal uh which we've heard so much speculation on anyway, but 
Then my other crazy one is, what if it's not actually an acquisition? What if they were willing to pay for the FIFA title and they're going to make their own soccer game? Oh, God. It's going to be exclusive and it changes uh, the world. Man would pay a lot of money. <laughs> if that happens, no podcast next week because I don't want to talk okay. about it. <laughs> you just want to stay in bed. You're like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> well, waste my time and my hype in my head. Okay, so before we get two hours long because of speculation, we have to move on to review roundup. We got three games this week. Agent Intercept on PS5, Critic Score 77. Again, all these reviews are on Metacritic, so I, sh I should really get on actually saying that before I start talking about the games. Uh, Critic Score 77, two positive, two mix, zero negative. No user scores yet. Next one, Crusader Kings 3, console edition, PS5. Critic Score 87, not bad. Eight positive, zero mix, zero negative. Lost Judgment, The Kaito Files. This one comes on PS5. Critic score 83. Again, not bad. Four positive, zero mix, zero negative. This is DLC. And lastly, we're going to move on to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show, and we really don't this week. So we give you all the articles that we missed and where you can find those articles, and then you go educate yourselves, and we're all better people for it. SpongeBob Remastered, already free to download through PS Plus. This one comes from Push Square. It looks like Capcom Arcade Stadium is getting a sequel. This one comes from VGC. Fast and Furious Crossroads is being delisted <laughs> less than two years after release. This one giggle, comes from IGN. And giggle, giggle. I mean, who's surprised by this? Jeff Keighley Summer Games Fest will continue this year. Starts in June. This one comes from Game Informer. Barely news, but you know, well, there you go. Just might be our anyway. new E3. <laughs> <laughs> well not like what was last year last year i think he just had the elden ring stuff oh, yeah. and that was the only thing that even tickled my fancy yeah. uh everybody's golf online service shutting down in september this one comes from game informer lots of negative news this week ps5's dual sense dubbed the best controller of all time in a public vote this one comes from push square you got my vote sony files new trademark for the one and only knack this one also comes from push square that one did that one you did get your vote, vote. <laughs> No. you can say it. Chrono Cross Remastered doesn't have the original soundtrack after all. This one comes from Push Square. That's kind of a about face because yeah. the, the main hype for the game was all remastered audio pretty much. Like there's not much changing in the game. So not having the original soundtrack, that's a bit of a hit. And Diablo 4 boasts five explorable regions with over 150 dungeon. This one comes from Game Informer. I'm qu I still question that because it's like, how big are their regions? How, how big are their dungeons? Does it compare to some other games that I've played right now? I don't know. I I'm just worried it's going to be like three all over again where they took so long to release it that it's just going to look dated by the time Probably. it comes out. Yeah. It's not going to be no Unreal 5. But anyway, that's it for homework. And that means that's it for the show. So we got through another episode. Congratulations to everyone. And. It's time to say the sad thing, which is we have to say goodbye. So thanks for your time. It's your most valuable currency. We appreciate it. It humbles us. And until next Monday, we're just going to have to say goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye.